Your hearts are open. Welcome home, King of Kings family, all of our members. Thank you, worship team, media team, camera guys, tech guys. Thank you so much. We bless and honor all of you tonight, our First Encounters team that served, our children's ministry, so many that are interacting and being part of the body, not just coming to watch. It's not a show, right? We're here to do some battle. Thank you, Melissa and the worship team, for getting us ready for those battles because we are entering a new series called Battlefields. It should be good. But let me welcome some of our special guests today. I want to welcome from First Century Foundations, uh, Jeff Feuders. Thank you, Jeff, for being with us today and uh, being part of our team and part of our family. Uh, We also welcome some of you from Grace Church in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Uh, We bless you. Uh, Oh, there you are. Hey, guys. I was recently with Pastor Randy and and Ryan and... uh, AJ and Matt and the whole team doing a lot. I could, I could list your whole team for you. Great, great campus there and wonderful friends. We bless you guys today. And those from Shepherd's Heart as well. Thank you guys from Shepherd's Heart. Hey, we love you and your, your team with Larry and, and all of them. So bless you. Welcome everybody watching online too as well. King of Kings community online and YouTube, Facebook, other platforms. Welcome to Jerusalem. We're so happy to have you tonight. And before we jump into our our text and our, and our sermon series tonight, we do want to honor God's word in a different way by, by simply saying a commandment back to him. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us by his grace, but commands us to count the Omer, the 50 days from the ending of the Passover Shabbat until the giving of the Spirit on Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. Let's remember that we're anticipating something. We are getting in the rhythm of God. We're we're on His timetable. It's like there's a train moving and it's our job to jump on that train. Don't try to make your own train. Get on His train, amen? Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. I also just wanna say how proud I am of many of our leaders in the King of Kings family just Pastor Sam doing such a great job with the Arabic outreach and a lot of new salvations this month. And Pastor Paul um, and then uh, Elia and Janet and Modain, Pastor Daniel and Jaylene in Herzliya, uh, Pastor Tarsicio and Batyam and so many more, uh, Benny and Tatik and Atanal. You guys are doing such a great job. Bless all of you uh, around Israel and the world. King of Kings family, we love you so much. Listen, the enemy likes to set up safeguards, walls, if you will, around the kingdom that he thinks is his, right? We call them strongholds, high towers, right? Shackles, besetting sins, whatever you like to call it. it it's, like a, it's like a cement wall or a stone wall around what he thinks is his territory, and a lot of times in our life, we recognize these walls as believers, and we, we take a hammer, and we come, and we, and we hit that wall, and a little piece of stone chips off, and you're like, ha-ha, I got you today, you know. I was walking in God's righteousness. I was full of the Spirit. I was full of the power of God. Ha-ha, I hit you with a hammer, and boom, a little chip falls off, and you're like, yes, some victory today. And then every once in a while, you take a step back, and you realize... That seems like a really big wall. Why does it seem like I've been hitting this wall for a while and 
while I am making some progress, it seems like only little chips are falling off. Every once in a while, God pulls up a bulldozer and he has a wrecking ball. And he says, do you want to be part of this? And you say, yes, sir, I'd love to be part of that. I'm tired of hitting it with this hammer. I'd love to hit it one time with that wrecking ball. Anybody in the house want to do that tonight? That's what this series is going to be about. It's, it's called Battlefields. And let me tell you why we're embarking on it. I feel a little bit of a responsibility before you tonight. That I, I know we're entering a new escalation of battle here in Israel that we never experienced before. Hallelujah. And unless God's calling you tonight, let's go ahead and silence those cell phones. I mean, he could. He can do all things. But I'll tell you what, if you silence your phone and God really, really, really wants somebody to call you, we can do all things through the Messiah who strengthens us. You know what I mean? Like, let's give him that faith level. But for the rest of us, we'll silence. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding to turn it off. I'm just kidding with you as someone who loves you. But there's been, a, there's been a change of pace, if you will. Something's changed in the spirit dynamic. You've seen it here in Israel, if you've been following the news for the last couple of months. What was it, over 500,000 protests on one side of the judicial reform? And then if you were here Thursday night, my apologies, you got a chance to taste test the 200,000 protesters outside. Took forever to get home. I want to encourage you to use Waze on your phone because it took me through the Jerusalem forest and I almost beat my wife home who left an hour earlier. Well, you know, use the tools God gives you. But something's changed inside the country. Something's changed in the heavenlies. Our prophetic council, and I want to thank our prophetic council publicly for all of the time they spend listening, they spend searching the scriptures, they, they craft words, they, they feel it for us, and they, they put them before us that we can deliver to you at the right time and the right moment. And they're sensing, they're, you gotta understand, the prophetic council, their antennas are going crazy right now. Words and words and words, it's like almost too much, it's like slow down, guys. They're sensing so much. We're getting it from world leaders. I was on a call earlier this week with Lots of names. I'm not going to name drop, but trust me, these are movers and shakers. And, and they were like, something's going on. You know, and it was, I was the only one, I think, on that call from Israel out of the hundred leaders or so. And they were like, Pastor Chad, what is going on over there? I'm like, I'll tell you what's going on. We're getting ready for battle. We're getting ready for battle. I mean, th this is not a time where we're going we're gonna to do a couple of soft teachings that tickle the ear. Okay? That was, that was some time before. That's not right now. So as we enter this new season, we're also getting words from the military. These are secular military officials connected with some of our prayer partners and our, our researchers, and they're saying, we're doing a lot behind the scenes we're not saying to the public. Something's going on. You got the nuclear thing, you got rockets from all over, north, south, and you know we're just trying to survive over here. But you know what, you're not a survivor, you're more than a conqueror. You were never created to survive. We're not going to start with that mentality now. So we want to we lock into this battlefield series because something major is happening. And in response to whatever the enemy thinks he's doing, the Lord has laid something on our heart because he has already seen what's coming. I want to thank you, King of Kings, for everybody who participated in the 26th 
of the month. On Independence Day was the 26th, and we filled up the 24-hour calendar of prayer. We take responsibility for the 26th of the month for all of Jerusalem. We do that with 30 other ministry partners around Jerusalem that take an ownership of a day, and you filled it up. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Sandra and Carrie, for organizing that as well and doing such a good job. Then the Lord laid on our heart to join with many other ministries around the world for 21 days of prayer, May 7 to May 28. If you want to learn more, just go to our website. All roads will lead you to the prayer list. You're going to say, well, how do I find it? Just start clicking something. I promise it will land you on that prayer list and the prayer schedule. You're going to think you're giving an offering. No, you're actually going to be sent to the prayer list but then you'll be sent right back to the offering button. You know, just trying to be efficient with you guys. The Lord is designing all of these things that on the 28th of May, if you haven't heard anything else I've said and you want to plug in, on the 28th of May, please join with us. Figure out a way to join with us. There is over 110 million people committed to pray for Israel and the salvation of the Jewish people on that day. We have 24-hour prayer watches up in the summit. We have things going on on live stream. We have the Zoom meetings. We have stuff on this stage. We're actually changing our main Sunday service that day. Not the time isn't changing, but we're changing the format of that day so it can be prayer-oriented. Please join us because God is seeing what's going on and he's saying, get ready for battle, guys. We often say here at King of Kings that when you said yes to Yeshua, I don't know what gospel you heard, but when you said yes to Yeshua, he handed you a sword and armor for a reason. Because when your heart opened to the Lord as your savior, he dropped you in the middle of a battle. Now the problem is we don't always spend a lot of time talking about what those battles are. But in this series, we will do that. We're gonna break these down a little bit from global battles to the battle of the heavenlies, things that are external in battle and things that are internal in battle. And we're going to start walking through a lot of these things over the next several weeks as we lead up to that May 28th and we do something major because I think this is a generation moment for us. I think God is pulling up the bulldozer and the, and the crane with the wrecking ball and he's like, this is the time. Don't you want to be part of something that changes a generation? If you do, then join with us and you know, how many other hundred million people around the world I thank you to Amira who leads our prayer summit upstairs and, and she put out a stat this week in the newsletter. She said, if 110 million people who have committed actually do the praying, that will be 1.375% of the entire world population praying for the salvation of Israel all at one time. You think that's not gonna change something in the heavenly realm? You don't think that's one of the things God's been waiting for us to get ready and line up? Those nice times of hearing the gospel for our personal fulfillment are over. When you said yes, he handed you a sword for a reason. It's time to use it. Now, I was recently asked to do several episodes of a Canadian uh, TV program with uh, John Tweedy, and we love him and his program and his ministry, uh, you know, Christians for Israel. And in that series, it was really based on Matthew chapter 24, and they were asking me a lot of questions about what is coming next, because they sensed this too. So Matthew 24 became the main text, so that's going to be the main text tonight. So what, if you could do this, just follow with me, Matthew 24 on your devices. 
And I'm going to take you on a journey tonight. I'm going to, tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to build the framework of the series. I'm not going to go really deep tonight. I'm going to tell you the boundaries of the series. And then each subsequent week, I'm going to give you a little bit more deeper revelation. But in Matthew chapter 24, this the chapter speaks of what will happen at the end of the age. And it, I'm going to summarize a little bit of it. It says, hey, guys, there's going to be great deceptions, false messiahs, false prophets, false teachers, many wars, famines, and earthquakes. There's going to be a great persecution of believers. Many believers will fall away from Yeshua. The love of many believers will grow cold. There will be betrayals among friends, an increase of wickedness. An abomination will be set up in the place where the temple was, and a time of great distress will be upon the earth that has never been on the earth before. So you see why we can't let you just sit there comfortably with this coming down the road. We have to get you ready for this. Not that you will survive it. That's not our goal. Our goal is that you will be more than conquerors. That you will progress the kingdom of God and Yeshua's message, even in the time of great distress like the world has never seen before. And as always, I could just mention, if you have a different theology and you think, hey, we won't be here for that, then, then great. Then maybe you won't be here for that. But on the occasion that that is not the correct theology and you are here for a lot of this, you're gonna thank us for preparing you for it. Right? Just depend on where you're at. Whatever side of the boat you're on, I just want to be prepared. Either, either side of that boat. Matthew 24, verse 30, Yeshua says to his disciples, this is the main text tonight. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Verse 33. And even so, when you see all of these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. What, what things are we seeing? The list I just gave you. The great deceptions, the false messiahs, the false prophets, the rise of wickedness, etc. That's the list. When you see those things, know that the end is right in front of us. It's right at the door. Verse 36. But about the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And then, after all of this list, we're given our assignments. Verse 42, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. 44, so you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Now, I mention all of that because as this great distress of the age intensifies, eventually it leads to a great revival. That great revival begins not on, around the world first, it begins in Israel first, according to Romans 11, just like it did in Acts chapter 2. Remember, we, we teach you often that all major revelations of the scriptures go from heaven to Israel, then Israel to the world. And you can run through it, whether you think it's the giving of the Spirit, the giving of the law, the New Testament, the disciples, the apostles, whatever you, th you think a great revelation is, you know, the Shema, the one God, 
you know, how to, how to build the local congregation. All of those revelations went from heaven to Israel and Israel out to the world. So what makes you think that the great revival at the end of the age will happen any differently? The revival is going to start first from heaven to Israel and then Israel out to the world. That's where it's going to happen. But we know that revival is always preceded by prayer. Go back in Acts chapter two and before Peter preaches and 3,000 get saved on the day of Shavuot, go back a few verses and figure out what they were doing. They were praying all night long first. Remember when Peter was in the jail and the jail just magically opened and the shackles on his arms and legs just magically fell off. Go back about four verses and it says, and the congregation had gathered all throughout the night to pray for Peter. And then the great things happened. That's why we're pushing into prayer so deeply right now, friends. Press in there with us. So we know our assignments. Keep watch, be ready, stand firm, stay faithful to the Lord's ways. We know the Great Commission is given to us a few chapters later in chapter 28 of Matthew. Preach the gospel, make disciples, teach the truth. So now you can't say, I don't know what God wants me to do. He's made it pretty clear. Guys, I want you to keep watch, be ready, stand firm, stay faithful, preach the gospel, make disciples, and teach the truth. All the while, let the Holy Spirit build your character into a man and woman of righteousness. So you can't say, wow, man, knowing God's will is really hard. Knowing God's will is actually not hard at all. It's laid out black and white in the scriptures. There's just a few decisions you need him to tell you to make. What job should I take? Where should I live? Who should I marry? There's a few of those, but those are unique to you. Living for the Lord and becoming his disciple and therefore in his army is a constant decision. Do you understand that? It's a constant decision. Let me give you our first key phrase of tonight. Salvation is not an insecure gift that can inadvertently be lost, but the cost of following Yeshua is high and must be settled in your hearts daily. Why? Because you are in a battle whether you realize it or not. You are in the middle of a war whether you want to be in it or not. There are missiles and bombs and darts being thrown at you whether you want to acknowledge them or not. That's why you're given the armor of God because you're already in it. And to pretend you're not in it puts you at a great disadvantage when it comes to the evil one's strategies. You have to wake up every morning and say to yourself, Thank you, Lord Yeshua, for your salvation today. I am your servant again today. I am enlisted into your army. Great commander, what would you have me do today? Because if you walk out the door pretending that there isn't a battle, you will get beat up every day. I'd rather be given the blows than taking them. Maybe that comes from my sports background. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing American football, you want to be the one giving the hits. I don't want to be the one taking the hits. I got my pads on, my armor on, I'm ready to hit somebody. That's how I go about spiritual warfare too. 
It's one thing to pray for protection, and I'm all about praying for protection. But you know what? You better watch out on the other side of that because I'm going to come swinging. Y'all better pray for protection. Demons, I'm not afraid of you. I serve the God of all creation. Why am I afraid of you? What power do you have other than lies? It's the only one they have. It's the only one they've ever had. So if you ground yourself in the word, rooted in truth, the enemy has no weapon that can be formed against you. That's why the scripture says what it says. And yet you have all the tools needed. You better believe I'm in the word. I'm coming out swinging. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'll tell you what, though, he's afraid of you. That's why he lies to you so much. The scariest thing for the devil is for a believer to know who that believer really is. You are a son and daughter of the king. That makes you a prince and a princess in his kingdom. You're an heir of Messiah. You're a co-heir with Yeshua. You sit on his right and on his left. You are more than a conqueror. You were created to rule and reign with the Messiah. As soon as you get that, the devil will seem small to you. But if you believe the lies of Goliath, hey, I'm big and bad and I can defeat anybody and you should be scared of me, he looks really big in front of you. Talking about battlefields. Salvation is a free gift, but it will cost you everything. Now, the main thing that it costs you is your life. Your pride, your arrogance, playing the role of God in your own life and playing the role of lawgiver in your own life when it's not you who gives law. The selfishness must go. Self-centeredness must go. Now, we understand that as we move through this series, there's lots of layers to these battlefields, and sometimes those battles are against our, our enemies, the demonic forces of the evil one. We find this in Ephesians chapter six, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if it comes, when it comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. The gospel has been preached wrong in our generation. It is not about Yeshua, if you would just be my savior today and give me the perfect job I wanted and fill my bank account really full, that would be great and make all the, the things I ever thought brought me joy and happiness just happen and keep me peaceful and keep all those mean people away from me. I would just really appreciate living in your kingdom if you can do all those things for me. Yeshua's gonna say, listen, I love you, I save you, it's, you're my child, but listen, that doesn't sound like you're quite ready for the battle. So why don't you just take a few minutes on the side over here. I'm gonna have to use some other people who are ready for this battle. Because if you, if you heard that gospel, I don't think you heard the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom says this, Satan thinks this world is his and Yeshua will bring on earth as it is in heaven his kingdom to prove that it's not. 
the way it was supposed to be in the beginning before we forfeited the keys to the earth, gave them to Satan through sin and disobedience, for which Yeshua had to come to earth, die, and go into the depths to bring back the keys of hell and death. And when he rose again, he gave them to Peter. Peter, anything you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Here's the keys. You had them, you lost them, Satan had them. I went and got them back because you're supposed to have them anyway. You see the big picture here? Satan doesn't want you to see the big picture. He just wants you to see what a rough day you had. He can get you focused right here. You think the battle is about your payroll and your, your taxes and your rent and the landlord and how bad he is and all that stuff. It's spoken as a true Israeli, right? So... <laughs> People from Europe and America and Canada, they're like, we have great landlords. We love our landlords. <laughs> Welcome to Israel. Just a, a quick word. Your landlord does not care about you at all. That's, that's how it works in Israel. But notice that it says when the day of evil comes. It doesn't say if, it says when. And if you didn't hear that in the gospel, you didn't hear the right gospel. We notice that the devil has schemes, plans, and strategies against us. That's what it says. We'll be studying several of these strategies and the demonic spirits in our discipleship class all throughout the month of May on Wednesday nights. Join us. I'm going to be going deeper into each one of those spirits of the age. But just as often as we're fighting our enemies in the heavenlies on the outside, we're also fighting ourselves on the inside. That's called a scheme of the devil, right? We've often talked about the devil doesn't have enough demons to send a demon to every person. He didn't have enough demons. You understand the demons don't reproduce, right? They don't get married and have a bunch of demon babies. <laughs> However many demons were in the beginning, that's how many demons there still are, but we as humans keep reproducing. So we, at some point in history, we're gonna outnumber, if we haven't already, we're gonna outnumber the demonic forces. So he cannot play one-on-one -on -one defense with everybody. So what he does is he lies to you, he tricks you into getting in a circle of your own problems. That's called a scheme of the devil, and once he's got you securely hurting yourself over and over, he will back off, leave you to circle on that, and he'll go harass someone else because he doesn't have the numbers. I'm telling you, don't be afraid of him. It's just a big facade. It's a big lie. It's a big Goliath. It's, it's all spirit of intimidation. He's trying to convince you he's big and strong. And yet don't forget the scripture that Yeshua said, but I, I was there. I saw him fall like lightning as soon as I said, get out. It wasn't some cosmic struggle. Remember that sermon from a couple of months ago? There's no such thing as a cosmic struggle. God just, I was gonna say he would just flick him, but he didn't even have to do that. He just has to say it like, hey, out, go. Falls like lightning. We battle ourselves on the inside, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your souls. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits. 
Notice our own choices wage war on our souls. During this series, we're also gonna talk about free will. The ultimate choice is in your hands. A choice, the free will gift that God gives us is a choice that is the culmination of all of your inputs. What your parents taught you, what you learned on your own, what you saw on TV and the movies, what your pastor taught you, what your friends did to you, and it's all sitting on the table there and then Satan's gonna put his word into that. And at some point you have to decide of every input that's on the table, what is the truth? And whatever you think the truth is, you'll grab it and you'll live by it. That's called free will. But our choices are ultimately sitting in our hands. The devil doesn't want you to know that you have that kind of power. He wants to convince you that you don't have choices. And God says, you always have a choice. You can call on me at any time. I'll, I'll rescue you. I'll fix it. I'll, I'll give you wisdom. I'll empower you. And you're going to hear us talk a little bit about choices during this series as, as well. Paul speaks about that in terms of free will versus battling for the internal struggles, Romans chapter seven, verse 15 through 19, one of the funniest scriptures you'll find in the Bible, not funny because of its topic, funny for how it's written. So if you're new to the faith, maybe you've never heard this kind of a verse before. It's a little bit of a Dr. Seuss sounding verse. If you don't know who Dr. Seuss is, turn to your neighbor, Google it. Maybe you're that young and you don't know. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who is doing it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I do. This I keep on doing. <laughs> it's very Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Listen, I have four children. I've read my share of Dr. Seuss books. I, I figured that could go, you know, Ned and Ted were friends right there. I don't know. It's, his bed, bed was big, his bed was little. I don't know. A lot of good stuff there. But Paul is acknowledging the battle you want to do, but you, you, know, you can't, but you're trying, uh, all this. Truth is sitting right there on the table. You bring in all of your inputs and you find what God says, regardless of all the other inputs. And when you grab that truth and you live by it, you will live a victorious life. But I understand the battle inside is real. It's hard because Satan is so convincing with his lies, and it's called the battle within us. So in such a very short period of time and a few key verses today, we've uncovered phrases like this already. Waging war on your mind, waging war on your souls, schemes of the devil, wrestling against principalities of darkness, wearing armor, wielding weapons, keeping watch, standing firm. There's no way you're leaving here today, hopefully, without embracing that you are in the middle of a battle and the battle is getting stronger right now. It's getting stronger because of what the enemy is trying to do in, uh, 
what the enemy is trying to do, and it's getting stronger because of what the Lord is about to do also. I'm tired of hitting the brick wall with a hammer. I'm ready for the wrecking ball. And I'm telling you, in the month of May, we're about to see the wrecking ball. Now, I can't predict exactly what will happen, how long it will take. I'm not up here trying to be predictive. But as far as we know, there's never been a time on the face of the earth where 110 million people have committed to pray for the salvation of Israel. Poor Israel has no chance. And all Israel will be saved. Right? You get where this is going, right? Pray first so that Romans 11 can happen in Israel. So that that revival can then be birthed out of the anointing of the Jewish people, which they've always had to be a light to the nations. Then they will fulfill their ultimate destiny as a group. They will bring Yeshua's salvation to the world. We will have a great harvest at the end of the age. All the while, the great distress is happening in parallel. Until Yeshua says, my father says the time is now. The final trumpet blows, Yeshua comes. He starts to fix everything. The millennial age begins. And you get to see what it was supposed to be like under the authority of Yeshua. Later we'll see heaven and earth pass away and we'll get to all of that. But we are acknowledging that there are battlefields globally, externally, internally, in the heavenlies and on the earth. You know, we continue through Matthew a little bit. We could read a few more verses here before we close. Matthew 24, 6 through 8. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these things are the beginning of birth pains. That means the baby is on its way. Friends, if you haven't sensed in the spirit that the baby is on its way, I think you're out of touch right now with the Holy Spirit movement. I wanna wake you up. Your life is not about you anymore. If, it, if it's been about you, that time is over. You are in the family of God, you're in the army of God. The baby is on its way. You better know what to do. And that's where our series is headed. Now, you might say, what, what kind of things do we expect to see? Well, we know that there's going to be a battle. According to the book of Revelation chapter 16, there's a battle in the, you might know it as Armageddon. Well, here in Israel, of course, with Hebrew, we understand that that translates better to Har Megiddo, Har being the mountain of Megiddo. We have a picture of Har Megiddo, I think somewhere in our slides, thank you guys. It's, it's, it's Tel Megiddo, it actually sits up on a hill. There are over 20 civilizations that have built on top of this hill because it's so strategic. That's why it looks so artificial because it is kind of artificial in terms of the city circle. But it looks down over these great green valleys and plains where there will be a great battle one day. That's where we're headed. That's a physical battle, right? That's not just kind of a symbolic thing. That's a physical battle as, as we read it from the scriptures. Then we move on from there and we see that the battle drops down south in Revelation 19, which is repeated again in Zechariah 12, and it's the battle for Jerusalem. John also describes this battle, Revelation 19 over Jerusalem. And it's after this victory, or as we approach this battle, 
Yeshua comes and he, he takes over at that point. This is the, the rider on the white horse, right? You understand? Flaming eyes, white hair, bronze legs, a stamp. Can you imagine that? A stamp on your leg. I, I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. In case you didn't know who I was, look at my legs. In that battle of Jerusalem, when the Lord returns, he brings great victory. That, that millennial age is kicked off until we see the very last battle of the age. And it's also over Jerusalem, Revelation chapter 20. It's called the Battle of Gog and Magog. And the reason we know it's over Jerusalem one more time is because it says, and this battle happens in the city he loves. It gives you a little hint there about where that is. So you can see the two last battles of the age are over Jerusalem. Yeshua brings the victory over both. Physically, he's here bringing victory over both. A great revival is running parallel to the great distress of the age until Messiah's return. He starts to set everything back into order. The beast is released one more time. Satan has to be let out one more time for Yeshua to end this thing. We have a new heaven, a new earth. And when you know it, the city of the great king is acknowledged one more time in the new earth, and he calls it the new Jerusalem. That's where we're going. Right now, we're in the middle of the baby about to arrive. So we're in a parallel moment of great distress and great revival. That's why May is so important to us this month of May. Would you please pray with us? 21 days of prayer. Check the schedule out. It's on all of our websites. It'll be on our social media. It'll be sitting in your email box in a day or two if you've already get our newsletter. And if you can't do any of that, you say, Pastor Chad, that's too big. I can't commit to it. I'm going to ask you to give me one hour on May 28th. Join 110 million of us that are praying for this because this tips the first domino in a long series of dominoes that ends up with us in the new Jerusalem with our Lord Yeshua. Is that something you want? You want to be a generation changer tonight? Don't you want to make a difference? I believe they're writing records in heaven about everything we do and we say. That's what the Bible tells us. They're making records in heaven. Worship team, you can already get started. I want to be known as a community who, who made a change, who made an impact that was with God when he brought the wrecking ball. Can you stand with me to your feet? I'm going to pray this over you tonight. Hallelujah. Our final word tonight, the easiest way to overtake an enemy is to convince that enemy that there is no battle. That's what Satan's trying to convince the church of worldwide. That's okay. Keep sitting in your pews. Keep listening to your beautiful music. Do your job. Make your money. Watch your Netflix. It's all going to be okay. Everyone relax. He's trying to convince the world that there's no battle. That's the easiest way for him to win. So Father, in the name of Yeshua, we commit ourselves before you tonight. We surrender to you. And we want to hear the gospel correctly. 
That when we said yes to Yeshua, you gave us a sword and armor, you gave us battle plans, you gave us the future, you sent us out on assignment to stand firm, stand watch, be watchmen on the walls, pray, fight in the heavenlies. Sometimes this scares us. In the name of Yeshua, I rebuke the spirit of fear off of King of Kings in the name of Yeshua. The spirit of worry, the spirit of doubt and unbelief, that lack of faith. And Father, in the place of that emptiness now, I'm asking you to bring new faith, new discernment, new insight, new revelation, new power, new miracles, a new voice of courage to preach the gospel and make disciples. Yes, we will be persecuted. It's been prophesied. Yes, the evil one will send schemes. It's been prophesied. But we are more than conquerors in the Messiah Yeshua. We receive that prophecy tonight over us. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen, amen. Join us in battle, friends. Let's worship.